Father, I just first want to recognize that that you are our creator, and God, that you are you're holy and you're perfect. And Lord, we don't deserve to worship you. We don't deserve to know anything about you. But God, we're thankful that you wrote your word and that you sent your son just so that we can know you. We can know that you love us. We know that you died for us. God, we can continue to go back to your word time and time again and see your love for us. Father, I just pray that tonight you would help us to see our freedom in you. God, I pray that you would speak through me. God, that it would just be me and you. I would just listen to your Holy Spirit. Lord, that you would just give me the words. And I pray, Lord, that you would open up the eyes of the lost soul in here, Lord. And that you would just refresh the thirsty soul in here, God, that just needs a, a taste of you. And Lord, I just pray for the Christian who's struggling. I just pray that, that you would encourage them tonight with your word, Lord. Remind them that they are free and that they are alive. Father, I just pray that you would speak through your word and that hearts would worship you tonight. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So, how was everybody's Christmas? That's good. I had an awesome Christmas. I didn't get a single present. No, I'm just kidding. I got some gifts. It was, it was pretty fun. I'm sorry I missed y'all Sunday. It feels like it's been like a month or two since I've even gotten up here. It's like this is a whole new, like brand new thing that I'm doing is preaching. Uh, but anyways, uh, me and my friend were talking the other day at work, um, and it was just me and him there. We had to, we had to come into work when nobody else did. And, uh, and um, he, we were just talking, and um, you know how like the doctors will say, you know, nobody knows your body better than you, so like tell me, you know, what's going on, that kind of thing. Well, we were just talking about how, uh, you know, we just drink soda all the time, and we feel like that the more we drink, you know, in that time, in that moment, you have the caffeine, you have the sugar, but then, you know, it won't be long before you get kind of bogged down again, so you have to drink another soda. But when really, in actuality, you should probably drink water, and then, like, you know, throughout the day, it'd be better for you, and you'd be more energized and not so bogged down. And uh, we were just kind of talking about that, and, and he said, he asked himself a question. He was like, you know, when's the last time I had a cup of water? Because he was he was about to go to bed and he was just extremely he felt so weird and so like that and he was just like I just I think I just need some water, and I just I started thinking about that too and I was like I don't know when's the last time I had a cup of water like I mean you know I just been we just drink coffee and sodas and stuff at work you know like if we're just really bogged down and tired we'll just you know drink a Mountain Dew or something like that and it, it never crosses my mind to just drink water and maybe it wouldn't you wouldn't get so bogged down and. Then I walked away from work, and I started to think, I was like, I started to think spiritually. I was like, when's the last time we had a drink of the living water? I was like, I started to think about Matthew chapter 13, verse 12. It says that for those who listen, more knowledge will be given to them so that you will have an abundance of knowledge. But for those who don't listen, even what knowledge they do have, even what understanding they do have will be taken away from them. So the more you seek water, the more hydrated you will be, the more water you will get. But for those who don't seek water and don't look for drink, even what hydration they do have, they will lose it. You'll become dehydrated. So when's the last time you had a drink of the living water? 
a drink of the word? Is your soul thirsty? And my prayer tonight is that if you are a Christian and your soul is just getting a little dehydrated because you're not drinking enough of the living water, the thing that saved your soul, my prayer tonight is that you would be rehydrated so that you can continue on in your faith. But for those who have a thirsty soul and you have no idea that your soul is dehydrated, you need a drink of this living water, this hope. My prayer tonight is that you would recognize that your soul is thirsty and that you need this water, that you don't need a bunch of temporary things just getting you through the moments just like my soda was. And so uh, for the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about what would I say to you guys if tomorrow was my last day? If tomorrow was my last day, I, I would have a couple of things to say to you and what would it be? And the first thing we talked about was hope and that Jesus is the true hope because no matter how much money you have, no matter how healthy you are, no matter what circumstances you are under in life, no matter what, after, I mean, everybody dies. Everybody dies. You cannot live forever. It's impossible. There's no way. No one's ever done it. And so you have a point where you die. So what happens after this life? That is your true hope. You can either die forever or you can live forever. And so that's why Jesus is a true hope. Money is not true hope because money can't save you after this life. You can't take it with you. Health is not your true hope because you can't take health with you. You die eventually. And then last week, Dawn talked about missing Jesus. She said that she talked about how she was in Africa and she was in her tent. She was checking her boxes and she was making sure she's got her schedule down and she's going to do this and she's going to do that. And she was making sure I'm going to take in what I learned today and just pray and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden she just felt like she should, you know, go outside. And so when she opened the tent, she saw the sky and she thought to herself, if I would have stayed in my tent, I would have missed this. And it was like you could see the Milky Way and, and this little cross in the sky and, and with the stars, and it was just beautiful. We don't see that here because we have so many lights, but it was just beautiful. And she's like, if I would have stayed just focused on my worries, I would have never seen God's creation like I did just then. And so she reminded us to stay, take a step back, zoom out from your worries in life, and remember Jesus. Don't forget him. Don't miss Jesus in everyday life. You know, zoom out and look at what he's doing. Look at the bigger picture. Don't focus so much on your boxes being checked, on your bills being paid just all the time. Take a step back for a moment. Every day, just take a step back and look and remember Jesus. And she said something truly amazing during that message. She said that true freedom is found in full surrender to Christ. True freedom is found in full surrender to Christ. And and, and that almost seems backwards because you're surrendering yourself to something, but that equals freedom. And that doesn't seem right to us. Why would we surrender ourselves to something and then be free? Well, Scripture is full of this. Scripture is full of this promise that we can be set free from our sin. It's in the Old Testament how the Jews were in exile in, in, in Egypt, and then they were set free, and they were, they, they were captives to them, but then Moses led them out of captivity, and all these different kinds of things. Scripture is full of it, but tonight we're going to be focusing in on Romans chapter 6 and on that freedom. So if you want to turn with me, I hope you have your Bibles. We're going to be in Romans chapter 6. And in Romans chapter 5, this is what it talks about. It talks about Adam, how he was the first man. And how through Adam, death entered the world. 
And so he was supposed to be perfect. He was supposed to set the example for us. But because of Adam and Eve, they, they ate of the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Because of that, death was brought into the world by sin. And so the second Adam, which is Jesus Christ, he, Adam was a, a foreshadowing of Jesus. And so we see that in Romans chapter 5, how Jesus came. He was not like the one man, Adam, who brought death into the world. It was like the one man, Jesus, who brought righteousness into this world. He gave us a way. By his obedience to the cross, he made a way for us to be righteous. And at the very end of chapter 5, it says that, it says that where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. And what, that is such an amazing promise because no matter how much sin we have in our life, God's grace covers it. If we had sin piled up as high as Mount Everest, God's grace would be higher than that. If our sins fill the oceans twice over, God would have more grace than that. God, there is no outnumbering God's grace, and God just shows us that so that we can recognize there is no amount of sin that could keep us from his love. He can forgive anything, anytime, anywhere. He can forgive you. No matter how much sin you have, he loves you, and his grace covers that. And so there's this promise, though, that he, he offers of, of grace. But how do we use that grace? So should we continue to sin so that grace may abound even more so we can just keep experiencing his wonderful grace? No, by no means. Why would we who died to sin still live in sin? If we have died to sin and have taken in God's grace, why would we continue to live in it? Because we know that that's not good for us. And see, we just uh, witnessed this in, in baptism. It says that when you were baptized, you were made in the likeness of death. You were just like Jesus, how he died, and, and you died to your sin. You went under. And so when you came back to life, you came up out of the water, you came back to life, and now you were alive to God. You were dead to sin. You died to that way of life. You said, no more. I'm not living for sin anymore. That's what dying to sin means, is I'm not living for that anymore. I'm going to live for God. And so that's what we're going to pick up in Romans chapter 6, verse 5. It says, Since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin, for when we die with Christ, we are set free from the power of sin. You see, when we decided to follow Christ, we didn't just decide to say, okay, sin is over here and righteousness is over here, and so we're going to turn ourselves, we're going to turn away from that, and we're going to follow righteousness. That's not the only thing that happened. You see what happened? It goes a lot deeper than that. See, what happened was you didn't just turn your face from it and decide one day that you're going to live and do the right thing because I experienced this. When I first started going to church in about the eighth grade, my friend invited me, and all I did was go on Wednesday nights because it was fun. And I didn't really want to dress up on Sunday, so I just went on Wednesday so I could wear my hat backward. And so when I got there, they started explaining all this weird stuff about sin and about God and all this other kind of stuff. And I got saved every Wednesday. I repeated the prayer every Wednesday and so for about a year. And so I decided while I was at church, when I was saying those prayers, I really meant them. Like I really wanted to do this thing. And I just, I didn't understand it completely. All I knew was that I should stop doing bad things. 
So what I did was I decided I'm going to turn away from my sin, and I'm going to try to do what God wants me to do. So I stopped cussing. I stopped, you know, hanging out with the wrong people, doing the wrong things. I stopped doing all these different things. I had a checklist. I'm telling you, I was sinless. Like, I'm telling you, every single thing was, like, I was clear. I was good to go. But it was, there was something missing. There was something really big missing. The fact that I was doing it on my own. And there was one thing that I did not know. The fact that although I had stopped doing certain things, I was still a slave. I had not been set free from my sin. I had not been set free from that punishment. So it goes deeper than just turning away from your your evil desires and going towards Christ. It's something deeper. Christ sets us free from our sin. We are no longer slaves. You're no longer obligated to do the wrong thing, to do the bad thing, and you're no longer obligated. When you die, you are set free from that punishment because Christ took that. When Jesus went to the cross and he died, and we died to our sin because of that, he took that sin on the cross, and now we are set free from our sin. It is no longer our master. You see, our master is not sin anymore. It's Jesus. And so now we're obligated to do the right thing. We're obligated to follow the Holy Spirit who now lives within us. We are no longer slaves to sin. We are set free. I'm telling you, when I figured that out, see, the thing is, is true freedom can only be desired if you know you're a slave. See, if you don't know you're a slave, you're not going to desire freedom because you think you're free already. Someone had to tell me I was a slave. Someone had to help me recognize that my sin has held me captive, that I was obligated to do the wrong things. I was obligated to when I die, I'm going to go to the wrong place. Somebody had to help me recognize that. And when I did, I realized just how heavy those chains were. I was a slave to my sin. I was a slave to my pride because I had worked my way into not doing certain things. And I had just just wrapped myself full of these chains. And when I recognized that, Jesus, through his Holy Spirit, helped me see that he can take those chains right away from me. There is nothing that can keep those chains on you. When you recognize and you see and you trust that Jesus, when he died on that cross, that he ripped those chains off. And you trust in that, and you can be set free. I hope that if you don't recognize that you were a slave, I hope that maybe now you're starting to see. And if you're a Christian and those chains have been ripped off before, just remember that you are free. Don't start picking those chains back up and carrying them around. Don't start living for the old self. You see, the old self died. The old self died. You don't have to feel obligated to do that anymore. You're free. You're truly free. But there's more. And we're going to continue reading. It says, And since we died with Christ, we know we will also live with Him. We are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead, and he will never die again. 
Death no longer has any power over him. When he died, he died once to break the power of sin. But now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. So you should also consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. See, you're not just following a certain way. And you're not just free now. You're those things and you're alive. You see, your sin had caused you to die spiritually. So that after this life, you're not going to live forever, you're going to die forever. You see, our sin had caused us to die. When Adam and Eve first sinned, you know, when God told them, if you eat, this, you eat of this fruit, you will surely die. And what did he mean by that? He meant that they were going to die spiritually. They will no longer have the life of the Holy Spirit living inside of them. You see, now that we've trusted in God, you see, it says we are sure of this. We are sure that we are alive when we trust in Christ because he died once to break the power of sin, but he rose again. We are sure of this because now he lives and he can never die again. He is alive forever so that we can have, that's that true hope that we have. That's that true hope that when we die, we will be just like Christ because we have put our faith in him that we will no longer die. That when we die, that will be our only death. We will continue to live forever. That is our hope. And you see, we can be just like Christ. You see, Jesus died once to break the power of sin, but now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. So you also should consider yourself dead to sin And alive to God through Jesus Christ. Do you consider yourself dead to sin? How do you live your day? When you wake up in the morning, are you reminded that you are free? And that you can live for the glory of God? Are you determined so that your life day in and day out and at the end of this life, you can say, God got glory from my life? Or are you living... With that just in the back of your mind, and you're going to continue living in your sin. Do you consider yourself dead to sin and alive to to God through Jesus Christ? Do you consider yourself that way? Do you recognize that you're alive to Jesus Christ and that your life, see, that is our main purpose. That is our purpose right there. If you want to know the purpose of life and the meaning behind it, it's so that our life can give glory to God through Jesus Christ. That is our purpose. That is our meaning. Now, it looks a lot of different ways. It looks a whole lot of different ways. But what I'm saying is you have to be determined. That has to be your mindset. You don't just aimlessly live your life and then all of a sudden God God gets glory. You see, when you continue to listen, more knowledge will be gained. But if you don't listen at all, even what knowledge and understanding you do have will be taken away from you. You have to be determined. You can't live life aimlessly. You can't just float through it. You see, God gave us strength. God gives us guidance. God gave us the Holy Spirit so that we can live for Him, so that He could get glory. Do you consider yourself dead to sin? Or do you still live in it? You see... If you still live in your sin, you might have never died to your sin in the first place. And if that's the case, then you may have never believed in Jesus Christ and let him be your Savior and Lord. 
Do you consider yourself dead to sin? What is sin? Let's talk about that. What is sin? Sin is anything that falls below the glory of God. Sin is missing the mark. Sin is doing the wrong thing. You see, I don't really have to go too deep into this because I think that every one of us has a conscience. I think that every one of us has a heart, and we know that what's right and what's wrong. We know what we, would, what we would admit to our friend and what we would not. We know what we would admit to our pastor and what we would not. If you are ashamed of something you've done and you're going to keep it to yourself, I would say that that might be sin. I would say that you need to clear your conscience. I would say that, that sin in your life, I know that you recognize it. And you might even recognize that you're a slave to it. You've never been free from it. And if you have been freed from it, are you still living in it? Let's live for Christ. Let's consider ourselves dead to sin and alive to God through Jesus Christ. And so what's our takeaway? What can we learn from this? It goes on to say in verse 12, it says, Do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. Do not let sin control the way you live. You know what controls us a lot of times? Money. Money controls a lot of things about us. See, sometimes we won't take a certain job that we feel like God may be leading us to because it doesn't pay enough. You know what else controls the way we live? Acceptance. By others, what others think about us. There's a lot of things that control the way we live. And it said, the Bible says, do not let sin control the way you live. And I think, too, I don't have to go too deep into this because I, I think that you know if you are letting sin control the way you live. And I would say, if you're going to continue to let sin control the way you live, let, you, let it decide your decisions, let it control and maneuver your way through life with sinful decisions, and let that be your deciding factor, whether you go left or right, I would say that you need to refocus on God. That you need to recognize that you are sinful, that He is holy. And that's if you're a Christian, you need to remember that He's the one who saved you from that sin and that you should no longer live in it. But if you're in sin and you are lost, you should recognize that sin, when it decides whether you go left or you go right, it's going to lead you to death. It's going to lead you to destruction. It's lying to you. See, Jesus says he's the way and he is the truth and he is the life. And the other thing is a lie. What decides what you do on a daily basis? Is it God? Do you pray every day about your decisions? No matter how small, no matter how big, do you pray about those things? Do you let the Holy Spirit lead you on where you go eat at lunch? Because, you know, there's a certain person that eats at this certain place every day, and you feel the Holy Spirit leading you there, but instead you decide to go here. There's little things like that that you should follow the Holy Spirit and not let sin decide your way in life. Because, you know, God could get glory from your conversation from that person at lunch. 
It's such little things like that. Are you in tune with the Holy Spirit? Are you letting God control the way you live? Because every moment, every moment that you live matters. You have a purpose. You have a meaning. There is a meaning to your life, and your life matters, and it should matter for the glory of God. And if it is not, I'm sorry. I feel sorry for you. Because as far as I know, everybody in here would consider themselves a Christian. As far as I know, every single one of us could quote a little bit of Scripture. But I guarantee you, not every single person in here follows the Holy Spirit day in and day out. Now, I'm not saying that sometimes you, you don't read your Bible. I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm not, I'm not saying that you should check a box every day. I'm saying that the Holy Spirit controlling the way you live. Does that happen? In America, we are so blinded sometimes because we have so many things and we let so many things busy up our minds and we have so many things to take care of. We have houses, we have cars. None of that's bad. I'm just saying that when we focus on those things and when we let sin control the way we live, those things distract us from what really matters. It distracts us from what really matters. And what really matters is the souls of other people in need of Jesus Christ. And if you have him, if you have surrendered your life to him in true freedom, are you sharing that hope with others? Because if not, you're not living for what really matters. Your decisions, where you live, how you live, what you buy, should all be dependent on, is this going to give God glory? It really should be. It should be that deep. Every decision. And that's not a burden. I promise you it's not a burden. I promise you when you're following the Holy Spirit, there is a joy and there is a freedom and there is a peace about that. No matter what comes your way, it's like, God, I just want you to get glory. Can you, can you get glory from this situation? And no matter what happens, whether it's as bad as cancer or it's just as little as I only have $5 in my bank account, no matter what happens, no matter what happens, you can have joy because you're living for the glory of God and you have hope. And when you live for the glory of God, that hope is consistently reminding you, hey, after this life and you die, you're going to live forever and there will be no more tears, there will be no more confusion. There will be no more financial struggles. There will be no, no more of anything that's bad. It will all be good. So when you live for the glory of God, it is not a burden. It is a joy. And it's peace. Live, it's just water flowing in your soul. It's living water. That is what living for God looks like. Sacrificial, full of joy, full of, hey, I need to fix this in my life. God, would you please help me fix this? God, I'm sorry. Yeah, just a continual repentance, just seeking after the glory of God. And that is a light to others in this world. See, but all too often we let sin control the way we live, and we look just like everybody else. We look just like everybody. There is not a single difference in us besides the fact of what we think about ourselves. Oh, I know that I'm a Christian. Well, do other people notice that about you? Well, I know because, no, I'm saying, do other people see that? I'm saying, are you a light? I'm not, I'm not saying what, what, what decision you made. I'm talking, are you a light? Because if you look like everybody else, there's a problem. There's a major, major, major problem. 
and your soul might be on the line. And that needs to be a real fear in your heart. Not that I implant in you, but you implant in yourself because I'm concerned about my future. I'm concerned about my eternity. Where are you going? Don't let sin control the way you live. It says, do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God. For you were dead, but now you have a new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Sin is no longer your master. For you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. So, if you are a Christian, and if this was my last time to speak to you, and if I had a, just a few more words to say to you before it was my time to leave this earth, I would tell you to be free. Be free. If you feel like God has led you to do something, be free and go do it. Do whatever. See, you no longer live under the requirement of the law, but under the freedom of God's grace. You see, God saved you, and now you have this freedom to go do whatever you want. Go do it. Start a family for God's glory. Start a business for God's glory. Just go run through the open fields for God's glory because you're free. You can do whatever you want. You can, you, you can be creative. You, whatever you, just let your mind go free and be creative for God's glory. You can go do whatever you, you are free. You are free to live. You're, you don't have to be scared. You don't have to be fe- fearful of this life anymore. When suffering comes, you don't have to be a slave to that anymore because you are free. You have hope and you can do whatever you want. You see, God's Holy Spirit is going to lead you to do things. Just be free. Don't worry about things. Don't be anxious about things. Don't be so scared of this life. Don't be scared that your retirement's not going to come through. Don't be scared of anything. Just be free. You're a child of the king. You're a child of God, the one who created the stars and the mountains and this whole earth. He created the governments. He put the people in their places. He knows how many hairs are on your head. And he said to be free, so go be free. Do what you want. Go live for God. Say, God, I want you to get glory for my life and go do that. Whatever you feel like God is going to get glory from in your life, go do that. You have no no walls around you. You're not in a box. And God's not in a box either. So go do whatever you want. Go. Go and do that. That would be what I would tell you to do is be free. Let the Holy Spirit go. Don't box him in. It's the last thing you should do because, let me tell you something, if you do that, you'll be miserable. You see, when you're free, it doesn't matter. You can run, you can play, you can jump. There's a song, I love it so much, it says, I am free to run, I am free to dance, and I am free to live for you. I am free. I am free. There is a, um, has anybody ever been to Nakalula Falls? Anybody? It's really awesome there. My favorite thing is not the lights, believe it or not. See, they have this really cool thing in the back. like a, It's called a petting zoo. 
You can go in there and you can pet all the cool little animals. They got little bunny rabbits, little goats. They have a, a the little dwarf came into it. it. Gets this big. It's like an alligator that gets four foot long. My wife says I can't get one, but <laughs> you know, see these pants I got on. I, I wear them around the house, and I'm getting one one day. We'll talk about it later. Um, so, but you you keep walking around. They have an alpaca there. It's really cool, and they have a deer that's like. It's really cool. You can just you can pet all of them. It's just the coolest thing. I'm in heaven when I go in there. But then there's like off to the right, there's this enclosure, and it, it, there's no lights. You can't see in it when it's dark. And I don't know if you knew this or not, but there's a lion in Nakalula Falls. And this past time I went, I've never seen it before. I, I know that it's in there, but I, every time I go there, I stand there for like 15 minutes just hoping that it would start walking around. And everybody else goes off, and I end up losing them before they go to Elsa's little forest. And so I, I'm trying to shine my flashlight in there with my phone. It's nowhere near powerful enough. But I, I, this last time I could see him, her. And she was laying down and just, like, she looks so miserable. You know, I can just picture her on the plains of, of the Serengeti. You know, just just with her pride, and and they see antelope everywhere, and they're just resting in the day. And then when they get hungry, they can just they can go and pounce on those antelope, and they can they can run, they can sleep, they can do whatever because they are a free lion. They can do what they were meant to do. They can do what they were created to do, and they are a free lion when they're on the Serengeti. You see, but when they're in that cage, she's hindered. She's hindered from being what she was truly created to be. Now, I think it's really cool, and I'm really glad I get to see it. But when she's in that cage, she is not free. She is not free to be the lion that she was created to be. And I think that's a lot of us. You see, God created us to be free. God created us to enjoy this life, not to carry around a lot of burdens. And that gate is wide open. Jesus can set you free. And you can be what you were created to be. You can have a purpose and you can be free. You can be free. You can roam the fields. You can run wild. You can do whatever you want because you are free. You're dead to sin. You're alive to Christ and you are free. You are free. So tonight... If you recognize for the first time that you're a slave to sin and that it's got you wrapped up in its chains and you want to be set free, you can come and talk to me. You can talk to Kenny. Or if you, if you know, if you just feel the Holy Spirit inside of you, you know you should just come down here and pray to him, just talk to him. Do that. And if you're a Christian in here tonight and you've, can, you've started to pick up those chains you start to pick back up those chains and, and you start to wrap them around yourself again and you start to let those burdens and the worries of this life start to wrap around you, wrap its coils around you again. My prayer is that you would come down here and let God free you from those again. Just let him remind you that you are free. Let him remind you that you are no longer obligated. Sin is no longer your master and that you can live for him, that you can fulfill your purpose, that you can have joy and you can have peace. Let him remind you that. Let him remind you of his love for you. You see, where our sins increased, his grace abounded all the more.
So my prayer tonight is that we would recognize that we are free. Let's pray. Father, I just want to thank you for the fact that we are free. Lord, my prayer tonight is that every person in here, Lord, that we would never wrap ourselves back up in those chains. God, I myself, I've, I've picked back up those chains a lot of times. And I started to wrap myself in worry and in doubt and in questions. God, I started to wrap myself up in so many things. And God, I just forgot to remember you. I forgot to zoom out and look at the bigger picture and remember my hope in you. Lord, I'm so thankful for your word that that we can read it and we can know, God, the truth. God, you promised that I'm free. God, your word promises that I'm free from sin. And God, if I would not have read that, Lord, I may still be wrapping myself up in those chains, continuing to doubt my freedom. So, Lord, I just pray that tonight you would just help those who feel like they are a slave, God, I pray that you would remind them that they are free. And for those who are, who are a slave to sin, God, I pray you would help them recognize that they are a slave to sin so that they can be set free. They would desire true freedom, God. They would not stop until they come to you and you would have the key and unlock their, all their chains. Lord, I just pray that your grace would abound right now in these next few moments. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.